can you do some therapy techniques to help yourself? That's what we'll talk about today. Our wounds are often the opening into the best and most beautiful part of us. David Richo. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about the book from Owen O'Kane, How to Be Your Own Therapist. Last time we talked about lessons we could learn from therapists about how we can use the same tools in order to help ourselves now without therapy or maybe as a precursor to it. We discussed how to get our thoughts and our memories together, but what comes next? We can think a lot, we can ponder our thoughts, we can talk out our thoughts, but the end is action that brings us where we need to go. I can think about why I'm overweight or why I'm broke and all the things that led up to it, but if I don't do action with it, if I don't start saving money or I don't start exercising or I don't start looking at the food I eat or in says engaging in healthier behaviors, and you won't get anywhere towards your goals. Thinking about the issues and thinking about how you got there has to end in action. That's all there is to it. He calls it engaging in life again. I know so many people who have just put their lives on autopilot and now they're just flying around doing whatever instead of engaging in their life and directing it. And so this will come when we start refocusing. He calls it restructuring our thinking because we're going to start to get away from the critical messages, the problematic messages, and instead we're going to start focusing on not whether we're a bad person or a good person or a stupid person or whatever it is we're calling ourselves. Instead, we're going to start thinking clearly. We're going to start making small steps. We're start working and acting in the right direction. He says it's natural for us to feel anxiety, maybe feel a little threatened once we start getting out of this pattern of behavior we have. but. We can go back, reprogram the negative thoughts, and put them into a helpful pattern. Hey, Jill, this is the part where you don't believe in saving money, but this would be an excellent thing, where you just got a bonus to save a little extra cash. Why don't you put most of that away? Why don't you stash that for a rainy day or something like that? You can take something that would have been your negative thinking and bring it into something more realistic. You know, I know you're tired. I know you don't feel like exercising, but wouldn't this be a great place to get a workout done because you don't have anything scheduled for the next hour? This is a good time. He says that we can replace those thoughts that we're having that are negative in a better, more helpful way. We can give ourselves evidence that we have done something or we have improved or we have saved money in the past. Look at that. You just had to buy a new roof. And you know why you were able to do that? Because you had money in the savings. Wouldn't you love to have more money in savings so those stressful incidents don't happen? See, challenging those thoughts. And then he says you can even just let go of anything that's negative. He says that this technique is powerful because it's going to disrupt the negative thinking that's been dragging us down all this time and instead turn it into something productive. We're going to reprogram our brain for flexibility. Let's say that we bought a cake. And accidentally, we ate the whole cake. And now we're like, well, I already ate the cake. I might as well just eat everything in my house because I already screwed up today. That is a negative, thoughtful pattern. Because again, if you're digging a hole, stop digging. If you're eating a whole cake, don't go in and eat the 
box of ice cream too. The increments matter in almost everything we do. And so if you can reprogram yourself, catch yourself, even after something went wrong, the next time it'll get easier for us to do. The next time we'll be better at recognizing when we're going into some sort of unhelpful spiral and we'll be able to catch it earlier. Catch it when you can. Again, if you're digging a hole, stop digging and start figuring out how to fill that soil back in the hole again. He says, we're not victims of our thoughts. We are not our thoughts. And he said, quote, you are free from the tyranny of your mind. You know, those negative thoughts, they are. They are like a tyrannical boss telling us the worst things that could possibly happen, telling us stories about ourselves we don't want to believe, and then telling us what we should do next. If all of the other horrible things that your brain is telling you, why would you believe what you should do next? Instead, reprogram yourself and that negative voice will start going away. Once I started having a savings account and I saw how amazingly helpful it was, how it did give me a feeling of security, I was able then to do more with it, save more than I expected to. So we're going to start tackling that negative thought, that negative pathway we always have, bending it towards our will. Our bad thoughts are not the boss of us, and we're able to go forward from there. And then he says we have to think about all the rules we have. Some of them are big. Like I said, oh, money doesn't work for me, or I'm terrible with money, or I'm terrible with this. But then there's some rules, too, about I always wear this, or I always do this. I like to get ice cream after gym class. It was my reward for going to the gym. And then you realize, hmm, that is not as helpful as I hoped it would be. Now we're going to have to reprogram our brains so we get away from even those little minor rules that are dragging us down. He even gives the example of wearing clothes, that if you were someone in your 20s who wore a certain kind of clothes and you realize, hmm, really not giving me a good impression at work. But my rule is I wear those kinds of clothes. Maybe that rule just isn't for you anymore. And so instead of presenting ourselves with musts and shoulds, we should instead bring up another rule that says, I'm going to care about myself and I'm going to care about the image I'm presenting to other people. There's nothing wrong with creating new rules or adapting rules so that it's more beneficial for us now. It's the, I always do this, or I always do that, or this is how I think of things. Hmm? Maybe it's time to break those rules and come up with new ones. And when he talks about engaging for life, that's, I think, the most important part. I see so many people, like I said, on autopilot. And so instead, we're going to go back. We're going to address those brain messages we're having that are just bad for us. We're going to start going after our goals. We're going to show up, he says, authentically in our lives. And we're also going to be nice to ourselves. We're going to look after ourselves. And we're going to also stick to the things that really matter. For me, it's my faith. That's the most important thing. So I am working very hard to putting it in its proper place. That is harder than it sounds because I've had this whole life of Jill looking after herself. Jill looks after herself. She cares for herself. And I'm the only one who's going to care for myself. And instead, I'm trying to put my life into a different perspective. He says that we should always talk to ourselves like we're important. And that is, he says, because we are important. We matter. And our lives matter. 
And so we're going to challenge, like I said, those rules. We're going to eat better. We're going to talk to ourselves about the issues we're having or things that are bothering us. We're going to reach out and be with other people. He says that we're also going to prioritize other people's needs too. I think people are so self-focused now. I know this is therapy and we're all talking about ourselves and our story, but being self-centered entirely gets us nowhere. Living for other people, not as people pleasers, but as people who like to help, will make a huge impact not only on yourself, but on other people too. It gives you perspectives. I was talking to someone and she was someone who didn't really get out very much. And her life was terrible and everything was terrible and all her situation was terrible. She was actually very lucky in life. But I think because she was so isolated, she didn't realize what was going on in the world around her. She didn't know what other people were struggling with. And so also working and helping other people, giving other people what they need before even your own needs will help you put your life in perspective too. He also suggests that we do things that calm our mind down, give us a sense of calm. I think of prayer, treating ourselves nicely. And then he asks us if we're getting out there and getting some exercise. I know I don't like it either. I don't like exercising. I wish I did. I wish I could tell you that after all these years, I loved it. But you know what? It works. I feel better. I feel better about myself. I start seeing my health improve. And then I also realize all that negative energy that kind of burns out of me when I'm exercising. So exercise, taking care of a physical being is important. When he talks to people and he talks to people about therapy, he'll ask people, do you give yourself a hard time? And then, of course, he says, everyone's like, oh, yeah. Isn't that funny? We all give ourselves such a hard time. And then he says, do you think your life would be easier if you did a lot less of that? And of course, the answer to that is yes. So how can we get there? And he says we get there through being kind to ourselves, he calls it self-compassion. But that's another one of those negative thoughts we're going to tackle. We are going to learn how to comfort ourselves. We're going to learn how to talk ourselves out of negative spirals. And we're going to start tackling those negative thoughts that we have that drag us into those dark moments in our lives. Again, once we start reprogramming it, and even if we didn't quite succeed, if we had an, oh, I'm just not good at this. I'm just never good. I'm never really going to get what I want. And then we start spiraling. We're going to tackle that right away. We're going to jump all over it and talk about the message we do. You know, in the past, sometimes I tried things and it didn't work out. But now I know better. I learned a few things from those instances. And now I can do better the next time I try it. And so he says that we will give ourselves that compassion so we never get to that spiraling point. I feel like I've gotten there now, and it feels great. I never spiral now. I used to spiral quite a bit in my 20s and 30s. And now I just don't because I learned to tackle it before it goes too far. It's hard once you get into that spiral to get back to a satisfactory feeling again. But if you can nail that right away at the beginning when it's happening, you never again have to fill back a deep hole because you stopped digging early. You got yourself to stop putting yourself down. And so he says that things that we should do today is that if you feel sad, maybe it's rest you need, a little bit of fun, a little bit of slowing down or stopping the things that are causing us to feel sad. If we feel like we need to have anger, maybe we don't feel like we're understood. 
or we need to get rid of the triggers that bring us into that anger. He says that we're afraid we have to know we're not alone, that we're going to be okay. In the end, most things end up okay. And then if we're lonely, we need to know we're social beings. We need people. And I believe, I'm a firm believer when you're lonely, to do the things that you like to do in public. So if you're an artist, find a painting group. Find one of those wine painting groups or something like that, or something at the library where they're doing a craft. If you're someone who likes to talk, you know, give public speeches, do the moth and find other people like you who like public speaking. I know it's weird, right? Or if you're tense, that's where you're going to go try to find some rest again, relaxation, and get rid of the tension. And if you just feel unease at life, you don't feel certain about what's going on, maybe you need a plan, he says. Maybe you need some clarity. I think you need small steps. But that's where you can start making yourself feel a little bit more at ease because now you have a plan. Some advice he gives is resting. We did that podcast on resting. Again, that's why I switched up the order. Talking about learning something new. That might be listening to a podcast, yay, or reading a book or watching a video, TED Talk, something like that. Spending time outside, treating our bodies kindly, which means eating healthier, getting more exercise, and then getting rid of that critical thinking. Nip that in the butt right away before it becomes a big thing. It's hard for me because I think of myself as a mind person and not a body person, but in the end, it all works together. And as you start to feel the aches and pains, maybe you're not as good at doing things physically as once you were, it starts to take a toll. So the most that you can take care of your body, and it's never too late, I have seen people at the age of 70 lose a tremendous amount of weight and exercise and improve their health quite a bit. It'll make an impact. It'll make you better in the future too. He says, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, that we're going to show a daily intention. That means we're going to have three things that we're going to start our day with. And he gives three examples. I'll show up and do my best. I will look after myself. I'll try to be more understanding and compassionate with the people around me. Something like that. Those were examples he gave. But think of what it is that you need to do and you need to tell yourself every day. He says that if we're going on this critical binge and our brain is running away from us, what we can do is that he calls it a grounding practice. And so the first part is he talks about going to a place that represents a peace for us. Talked about that again in the rest podcast. Again, why I did it early. Think of a place that you find calming. I said the Ho forest in the Olympic National Park is one of my favorite places. Or sitting in the hot springs in Iceland while it was snowing on my head. Just such a peaceful, wonderful moment. And then we're going to try to encourage ourselves with words, he says. He talks about joy or peace or calm, understanding, you know, whatever it is that you can do. Sometimes now, because I have a podcast, I'll tell myself small steps. Small steps, it's okay. We're going to just take small steps. And then the last piece is that once we've been in this place of peacefulness in our minds and we tell ourselves words that calm ourselves down, now we're going to try to do things that distract us from whatever critical thinking we're doing. He called it um, tapping so that you tap one hand on your left thigh and then on the right and you do it very slowly. But it's a way of... um, distracting our brain and doing it side to side 
is the trick of it because it engages both sides of the brain. We have the left side and the right side. And that way it'll get us out of this pattern that we're in. I've seen other people do it. I saw Prince Harry do it once with tapping on his um, chest. But it's a way of bringing out that focus. But first, in order to get to that third part, you want to make sure you do the first two. And that's when we're going to go back. We're going to change our thinking. We're going to go back in the techniques that we've learned in the previous books. He had chapter five where he talks about reprogramming. And then we're going to give ourselves evidence of what it is. Remember, Jill, you were able to save money in the past. You could do it again. That was just a glitch that you had when you had money with your parents. It's over with. You've seen the effects of not spending out of control. Or you've done things in the past that were hard. You got over it. You can do it again. And then giving yourself that thinking. We're going to try to rewind our brain so that it actually works for us instead of against us. And then he says in any situation, we can look to see what it is we're doing in our response. What is our brain thinking about a situation? So you go to your friend's house and she yells at you. And now you're like, I'm mad. I'm really sad too. Boy, this is upsetting. And instead we can think, okay, what's going on? I'm really sad. I'm a little bit angry. But how can I respond on this? I think she's just having a bad day. I don't have to sit there and turn this into a fight. Okay, let's not take this opportunity to fight back. Let's just sit back a little bit and see that maybe this was just a blip or maybe it's something that we have to work on, but we can work on it in a more productive way than me getting yelled at. Instead, we can work on it later when we're feeling both a little bit more calm about it. So then you're going to rewire reactions today. So after we think about how we're doing emotionally, after we go and rewire our brains and start to tackle those negative thoughts, we want to think of an action plan. Again, action matters. Action speaks louder. And then we're going to try to figure out what triggers those experiences and come up with a plan the next time it happens. I get mad when I get yelled at by my friends, by whoever. Okay, the next time that happens, we're just going to stay a little quiet. We're not going to stew about it. We're going to come up with a better plan. And then, we're going to commit to being healthier, he says, mentally and physically. And then we're going to be kind to ourselves and to other people. And then at the very end of the day, that's when we're going to reflect on things. Maybe that's journaling. And then we let go of it. Someone gave this example about how they get over negative things. They write it down on a piece of paper and then they crumple it up and then they feel like they're putting it in the hands of God. It's gone from them now. They have given it to God. It's out of my reach. And so some sort of a imaging like that. I saw someone who would write things down and burn it on a piece of paper. Sounds like it could be a little dangerous in your house, but you know, there's different ways of people doing that. And then you want to do something at the end of the day. What was the lesson of today? What is it I could learn from today? And then we're ready to be at the end. That's when we're going to clean ourselves of all the negative energy. We we're going to enjoy and bring the day to a happy closure. So as we do this, we're going to look at what happened to us. We're going to say, what ramifications did it have? How did we interpret it? Then what were the consequences of what happened? We're going to start to see this improve as we tackle it. And then when you realize and you reflect on maybe a trap that you reacted to in the past, instead of going into that trap, what are we going to do better this time? And then the lesson of the day, he says, is 
that we get lessons from life all the time. I believe that fully. I mean, you're looking at a person who watches Charlie Brown Christmas and gets a lesson from it. So we are always going to have those moments that mean something to us. And when we do that, when we reflect on those lessons of the day, that's when we're going to grow from it. He says then, if life throws a major curveball at us, something horrible happens and things happen from time to time, a crisis, maybe a job loss, maybe we lose a person, something happens. Then that's when we're going to reflect on those things. We're going to give ourselves a little space. We're going to give ourselves time to grieve a little bit for it. We're going to ask the people around us to help us and surround ourselves with people. I know the feeling is that when something bad happens to us, we feel like we have to isolate ourselves. Instead, we're going to surround ourselves with people. And then we're going to give ourselves a break on our routines. You know, if we exercised every day, we might want to keep that because that's going to make us feel better. But if we also set aside time to clean the house, maybe we can not do that while we're feeling so terrible. Maybe we can give ourselves a little bit of a break. And then when we have those negative emotions, when our brain is bringing us in the wrong place, if we're feeling shame or we feel like we're falling apart or we feel like we're never going to get back to where we were, instead, we're going to celebrate the good of what happened in the past. We're going to be grateful for what happened for the past. And then we're going to just take it, he says, one step at a time, hour by hour and day by day. And that way we know that one day we are going to feel better about whatever it is that happened to us and that we have to grieve. We have to go through the process of getting over this heartbreak, but we will get there to the end. And he says at those times of big issues, big problems that we have, he says that that might not be the time to really focus on it, feel what's going on at this moment, do a deep dive and all the exercises we just talked about. Sometimes it's just a matter that you're going to have to be nice to yourself for a little while. You're going to have to give yourself a little grace and just Avoid spiraling, but maybe not do the deep dive right now. He says that he refuses to let his past define who he is, to define the struggles he's going to have in the future. He's not going to allow the past to cause him to fail and to fall. We all make mistakes. We get back up. We all get a little bit lost and we all find our way back. And this is the point of the book, he says, quote, I hope you find that you can do the same. This book can be your roadmap on keeping on the straight and narrow, and it can help you find your way back. You know, that's the lesson of hiking. I hike quite a bit, and I get lost all the time. I don't know. I have no sense of direction, but I know that I'll find a way back. I just have to do some work, maybe a little retracing, maybe a little navigating, maybe asking someone for help, but I get back, and you can too, and that's what this book is all about. But again, if you don't feel like you're getting back, that it's helping you, then this is a time maybe you need to ask for someone professionally to just be an extra set of ears to help you find a pathway back. So my challenge to you is try to identify some emotions you have. Are you feeling sad right now? And then as a result, what is it you need in order to get out of there? If you're angry right now, maybe there's something that has to be said, or there's something that has to be changed. Or if you're feeling insecure, Why is that happening? What can you do so that you can feel more secure? Are you feeling insecure because of money? Or are you feeling insecure because some situation is random, is unstable, and you need to bring some stability to it? At least for this small step, try to identify just a couple of emotions you're feeling right now. 
Hi, everyone. Thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please remember that you can subscribe to the podcast. You can always email me at jill at startwithsmallsteps.com. I'm happy to answer you. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover, I'm happy to take a look at it. And just remember, our way to finding ourselves back on the right path starts with small steps. <music>